Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolong stutters. Sputnik. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. After the fucking travesty that was the last episode, <laughs> finally we've got together to do something that we actually want to do. Last time the Wheel of Who said we had to review a robot to death, and that is exactly what we are going to do. Back in the days, Hom Baker, second episode of Leela as Louise Jameson. She's only just joined the TARDIS, and there's some good banter there as well. Quite a sort of middle-of-the-road cast. Couple of noticeable faces, Russell Hunter and people like that. But loads of droids written by Chris Boucher. Now, Chris Boucher wrote a lot of Doctor Who. He wrote Robot to Death, obviously. He also wrote Image of the Fandal, which is one of my favourites. Oh, really? And he also wrote Face of Evil. He also wrote a load of Blake Seven. He wrote a load of Star Cops and quite a few Doctor Who novels. Producer, the one and only Philip Hinchcliffe. Robert Holmes was script editor on it. And Michael E. Brink was director. If you don't know who Michael E. Brinkt was, he did quite a few Who's of the Pertwee era. Dabbled in Silorians and I think Green Death was one of his. Correct me if anyone knows if I'm being wrong because I am guessing here. And he did a buttload of Blake 7 as well. I have to know. He also did Revenge of the Cybermen and Fury from the Deep as well. And Colony in Space. They're all coming back to me in a flurry now that I've hit Wikipedia and I'm actually looking this up. Let's get a rating off everybody. It's been a while since we discussed our rating system. Would anybody care to explain the rating system for you, Shep? Perhaps you could do it this time. Well, at the bottom of the pile, we have the free BJ, the ones that you wouldn't bother getting your wallet out of your pocket for. Obviously, you'd be getting something out of your pocket. Then we have the $10 hoor. You know, not bad, not too skanky. You don't have to wash the sheets particularly afterwards. Then we have, oh, I've missed out the $5 hoor. Good God, I'm turning into Terry. You've got me turning up and turning out and turning in. I think she's turning into Terry. I, think she's turning into <laughs> I really think so. I think it has so. to happen eventually. So $5 whore? Yeah, well. Mm. $20 whore? Rather nice. Still wouldn't take them home to meet mother. And then the $50 whore, in an ideal world, you'd run off into the sunset with, having rescued them from their life of iniquity. Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> Happy birthday. No, 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 no. You're mixing up whores and sluts. Whores get paid, sluts just do it for the love of the game. I don't really understand the situation, that's what I said. So that's <laughs> yeah, our rating well, system. Our rating system is essentially based on how much you would pay for a 70s prostitute and or gigolo. 70s, 70s. 70s, because... There's a dollar value attached to it, and it doesn't really hold up to close examination. Perhaps we could start with L. Lightfooto. Would you care to give us your rating? Robots of freaking death. Fucking, you know, thousands of dollars. I want to marry this person. I want to live with them forever. I love this story. So that's a 50, then? No, it's a thousand. You can't God damn have it, that's thousand. not part of the rating no, system. No, it's, it's a 50. $100. 100 Okay, $50 and a $50 tip. Way, she's getting it. It's only taking <laughs> I no. heard a cry. 
<laughs> I definitely don't remember that accent in the program. You can see robot. I'm going to say a 20 with a generous tip. I'd actually have to go 10 with a generous tip. Dear, now you see, look what you've gone and done. I was going to say 20 with a generous tip, but now I've got to even you out, haven't I? No. Yeah, I have. Because it's really, really good. So I'm going to say flat 50. Are you fucking kidding me? A 10? Who gave it a 10? Fuchsia? Yeah. There's only four of us. How did you not know who gave it a 10? (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot. You're tripping, lady. You are tripping beans, Fuchsia. I'm sorry. In fact, I think you should justify yourself first and then the rest of us can mock you for the remaining (laughs) half hour. Yeah. Well, I said 10 with a generous tip. It doesn't quite make it a 20 because there is some bloody awful acting in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Should that be the thing that really... You're worried about the story. Come on. Yeah. The story's good. That's why it's getting the generous tip. It's a shameful waste of David Collings, the fact that he just stopped doing anything vaguely useful partway through the third episode. Can I ask a question? Oh, for anyone listening, that was Fusion name dropping and you can take a drink now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fuchsia, is David Collins the guy who plays Silver? He is the guy who plays Silver in Sapphire and Steel. Okay, he's cool. Yeah, Go. and he plays Paul in this one, the guy with robophobia. I mean, not that you don't get to see a great deal of David Collins in Doctor Who. He pops up all over the place. He's in a couple of Tom Baker stories at the yeah, very yes. least. Morden Undead as well. But it's a terrible, terrible, terrible waste of a brilliant actor. The and costumes that, and are that, fab. Oh, definitely. Costumes are awesome. Oh. But yeah, I mean, the seriously dodgy acting, I'm afraid, is what stopped it from being a full 20 with a bit of a tip for me. I've got to agree with you, just on one small point, that the lass who is the black actress should be killed with fire. Jesus Christ, she was bad. But everybody else is a classic Brit doing their best, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was clearly banging the producer. (laughs) Oh, you're so subtle sometimes. Trust me, I was a producer. (laughs) There's no answer to that, is there really? No, really, no. Trust me, three weeks beforehand, she was a camera assistant or a makeup artist, right? But she had talents and got moved into the position of being a Doctor Who actor. Trust me. And moving on. Well, I kind of felt sorry for the Asian guy, the one that ended up dead in the bed cubicle, because it's not like he got to say more than three words. We've got no idea whether he was a crap actor or not. Mm. Yeah, speaking of that, do you not think that the multicultural aspect of this, it didn't feel forced at all and it was really nice? I actually remember it as a kid of being a good example of loads of different people that I knew in England who you didn't normally see on the telly. I suppose the thing is I didn't really notice that particularly, because I honestly don't remember watching this the first time round. My memories of Leela are her first adventure, and I don't remember watching any of the rest of the ones that she was in. I vividly remember this episode, because you know the bit where he's getting covered with sand and stuff as he's pouring mm-hmm. in, he blows the little pipe? Mm-hmm. My little cousin Joanne, who was about three, maybe four then, realised how obsessed I was with Doctor Who even back then, and decided to stand in front of the television with her arms out <laughs> at my nan's house, <gasps> and not move in front of the television while that scene was happening. That bitch... Every time I see her, and I only see her every couple of years, because obviously after that we've never spoken. Every time I see her, I think, fucking, you stood in front of the Italian robots of death. Can't forget it. <laughs> anyway, what sorry, sorry. Traumatic event. Oh, but if I'm allowed to do name dropping, am I allowed to mention that there's a big Finnish follow-up to this called Robophobia that our friend Toby Haydoke's in? Is Toby's in a big Finnish? I didn't know that. Oh, I'm yeah. going to have to find that. Yeah, I'm going to have to find that as well, because I'm just on the strength that Toby's in it, because basically I'll buy anything that Toby's in. He's a good lad. Hello. 
My name is Toby Haydock, and I am the aerial automatic in a world full of dirty whores. I shall make you very, very clean. And, of course, plug for his latest show, My Stepson Stole My Sonic Screwdriver at the Edinburgh Fringe. Good while we're on the subject of plugs for things, we plugged the shit out of Hooverville last time, but I'm sad to say I'm not going to be able to go to Hooverville this year. Mm. Uh, I know it very much looks like I'm going to be in Stockholm with work. So, even though there's awesome, awesome guests. I would love to meet Louise Jameson. I would love to meet Peter Purvis. But it's just not going to happen. I'm afraid I'm going to have to be on a series of beautiful islands with a lot of Swedish people. Oh, boo-hoo. I know. I struggle on. I don't know. I'm very brave. Very brave. (laughs) (laughs) Fuchsia, carry on. I think that was basically it, actually. It's a decent story, particularly for the era. The costumes are fantastic. But the acting lets it down, and it does its absolute classic. It really could have done with being three episodes, and they did the bundling along and bundling along, and, oh, my God, we've only got five minutes till the end, quick, finish it now routine, which, you know, always annoys me. Can I be first to tell her how wrong she is? (laughs) Yeah, please, I was just going to say it. Go, go for it. Thanks. Okay, you know me, I love my Pertwee era, but I was the right age for this. This is probably one of the best seasons of Doctor Who ever. Right after this, you've got talons of Wang Chiang. If you're a Doctor Who fan, you can forget anything that's in the new season. Seriously, anything that's been produced, anything at all. There is nothing really that even comes close to this full season of Doctor Who. And this... Oh, this is a deadly assassin in it. Fuck yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're talking hard. Yeah. This is Leela at her finest. Yeah, this is the Great. best. This episode has... So much good stuff. I agree with Fuchsia that the acting in places is pretty goddamn ropey. Mm. However, I can ignore that because of the way this is strung together and, more importantly, the world that's strung around it. What you've got here is an isolated pocket of a culture. And it's almost irrelevant that it's on a sand miner. Yeah. They build the whole culture with dialogue about the houses, conflict and confrontation that yep. isn't actually part of their overall meta plot. And they build it with the costume which is fantastic, and the makeup. Yeah, it's all awesome. Which all mirrors the actual faces of the robots, the lines on the faces and noses, culminating in the big bad guy at the end wearing the makeup to look like one of the robots, screaming yeah. outside the door, which as a yeah. kid I didn't expect. I didn't, I didn't think that was him. I thought he was dying. Yeah. But no, he's Taron Capel. Awesome. You know what the worst thing about that was? All I kept looking at was his hair going, I wonder how he managed to do those victory rolls. Even as a kid. I'm pretty sure I remember thinking, he looks a bit like Wolverine. Mm. <laughs> really Wolverine yeah. hairdo. No, I, I, I like absolutely adored this episode. Girl. Oh, if only. I remember this being a big point in Doctor Who where I thought Doctor Who had got serious. Because I'd always dipped into Pertwee, and I love the Pertwee era. It's fantastic. As you know, it's my favourite era. But I was very much a kid when that was on telly. This, for me, was when Doctor Who matured. And having talents of Wing Chiang after it, that's it. I know I'm going to be a Doctor Who fan until somebody really shit who plays cricket turns up. It really did mature. It got more for adults with these kind of stories. There's some lovely dialogue which is almost thrown away as well, which has become kind of fan canon, which is the whole yo-yo game. Mm. The model shots in this as well of the massive sand crawler, a massive Mm -hmm. machine, are so indicatively BBC. I've tried to shoot stuff like this with model shots and got about the same result 20 years later. You know? Yeah. This is just the BBC special effects department at its finest. Uh, Matt Irvin and his hairdryers and egg boxes. Take a drink? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Look, it's going to be less painful for them if they're drunk while they're listening to this, so we might as well get them wellied five minutes in. Sit that on the block. Don't bother with the drinking game. You're going to need to be pissed for this one, kid. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you drinking? Water. Water. Coffee with just a drop of brandy in it. That's it. So I just finished some soda. So I had my fun last night. I have no desire to look at yeah. alcohol. To- oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had a goddamn whiskey, but I couldn't find any ginger ale, so I'm topping it up with Krabby's, and it's really nice. What's Krabby's good? <laughs> Krabby's is alcoholic ginger beer. Really nice. And it's really common in the shops now. It's a big steampunk drink in England. Loads of the steampunks drink it. Mm. And to be honest, it was going to a steampunk deal about four or five years ago that put me onto it. Mm. Mm. So are you done with your... Bit. Do you know, I'm going to have to be done with my bit because I could just Go on sit hours. going on and on and on about all the different aspects I like of this. I love the way the plot twists. I love the way it turns. Yeah. I didn't see it coming first time. And it's like when I'm watching it now, almost in my head, I pretend that I'm not seeing it. And, oh, yeah, yeah, you can see that bit there. And you can tell it's his eyebrows in the video and oh, all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I still love it. I still look for mm. that. It's still as entertaining as the first time I watched it. Um, my cousin Joanne flung herself in front of the television. I want to do it. Still as entertaining as that day and it is one of the finest eras of Doctor Who I was however only going to give it 20 in a big tip I relate them all to the other actors finest episodes and if I was going to do that with Tom Baker because he had such a long tenure and because there was such amazing stuff in his era it would only make a 20 with a massive tip um, so you've broken your own rule no, just to rub my nose in it no 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 no, no. no I'm sticking true to my principles and actually just being diametrically opposed to whatever you say yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand that. Oh, so does that mean if I now say I love it, you have to give it a free BJ? What? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I think, Fuchsia, you've just discovered the secret to manipulating a contrarian. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Damn it. Oh, she could really play that on me as well, actually. I've got to be careful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is the best episode ever. Yes, I give Boomtown 50. Oh, no. I love this story. It's consistent. <laughs> it's never boring. And even though you know exactly what's going to happen in the story, I mean, it's Isaac Asimov, iRobot. There's nothing new about this except that cultural setting makes it really interesting. You know pretty much what the plot's going to be, but you're still engaged. All the characters are interesting. The fact that there's this politics and gossipy shit going on and they all hate each other and they're backstabbers. The fact that they have robots means they got time to do fuck all. They're playing chess. Oh, it's time to, you know, whatever, monitor the robots. I guess we'll just have to go up to the control center. and. Oh, well, I can't be asked going for a shit, so I'll just get one of the robots to colonically <laughs> irrigate me. <laughs> I heard a cry. Oh, yeah. I love exactly. the fact they put their hats on to go do their jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah just like the the job American Indian headdresses in art deco form. <laughs> <laughs> they have all this time for fashion and art on a mining ship. It's a mining ship. And yeah, got, but like, they have art. They have a gallery, don't they? I mean, okay, fucking mm-hmm. thing, but they do. windows and the beautiful shit on the wall. <laughs> 
and beautiful outfits, you know. Oh, we have to work now. Oh, bummer. Okay. Oh, I'm forty percent more effective than a robot. Do I really have to? Can't I just hear a sly here and be a loosh? Exactly. And all that stuff, it it makes it fun and amusing and interesting. It's supposedly a, quote, mystery story, but it's not really a mystery. We know the robots are doing it. And by the second episode, you'd pretty much, if you haven't already, figured out that it's a human. It's Dask. But, uh, oh, no, I just ruined it for everybody. Oh, yeah, maybe spoilers. You can't have spoilers for a 30-year-old show. (laughs) Here, here. It's really fun to watch. And then there's that pointless but highly amusing scene. I mean, it's not pointless. It's just establishing the character of Leela and the doctor's relationship at the beginning where she's... Isn't it great? You know, a normal Rory or Amy wouldn't really ask, well, how is this bigger on the inside? Whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 no. i got to disagree there because Rory did. Rory went and investigated it and came back and said, oh, I know why it's bigger on the inside. It's all right. It's cool. It's a lot to take in, isn't it? Tiny box, huge room inside. What's that about? Let me explain. It's another dimension. It's basically another dimension. What? After what happened with Prisoner Zero, I've been reading up on all the latest scientific theories. FTL travel, parallel universes. I like the bit when someone says it's bigger on the inside. I always look forward to that. The point that I'm trying to make is that I think a modern person would be like, well, I know it's some technology that I couldn't possibly comprehend, and it's pretty amazing that it's bigger on the inside. But she thinks that she's going to get an answer that she's going to understand. I mean, she's fully disappointed after he explains it to her, and it's a wonderful explanation. She's she's disappointed that to her it just sounds goofy. The thing about the explanation is, if I may, when you're listening to it as a, a very young kid, you understood it, but it still sounded like magic, so you kind of understood yeah. where Lila was coming it, from. It makes perfect sense to me. I don't know why that explanation... Hang is- on. That makes perfect sense to you, but our fucking rating system does... <laughs> Yeah, our rating system is bullshit. I'm sorry. Makes wow. No yeah, keep playing yeah. with Yo-Yo Savage. <laughs> I love his explanation. It, it, it's just gorgeous. That scene is just, it's precious. Terry, you are aware of the fact that in order to build a TARDIS, I'm guessing you'd have to be able to count to 50. Do you think I want to know how to build a TARDIS? Do you think I want, I think I know how to build a TARDIS? No, I'm not saying that. I just, <laughs> I'm know. just throwing that out there that, that the fact that you could quote unquote understand transdimensional physics and not our fucking rating system. Of course I don't. <laughs> yeah, same, same. You can explain transdimensional physics though in two prims, clearly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but let's face it. If you painted a prim blue and sat Terry inside it, she'd think she was in a TARDIS and be perfectly happy anyway. Do you know what? I was looking for a new car today. I'm looking for a new car, and I'm looking around like smart cars and this, and that, and the other. And thought I want a really inexpensive one. And every time I find one, I think, fucking hell, that's the same price as a TARDIS. I could get a TARDIS built for that. Oh. TARDIS, but in my God. <laughs> Fuck it, I can walk. Damn it, I can walk. See if you can't find a blue car, at least, you know? Oh, I'm going to try. I'm going to (laughs) try. I've had two trucks in the past 10 years, and they've both been the color of a police box. I painted a 74-foot narrow Oxford blue. I had yeah. in Altissima Olam, Altissima Galactica <laughs> down the side of it, which meant in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's the closest I managed to get. Whoever thought of making the Laserson Company deserves a tip as well. I just love the fact that there's a little Laserson Corporation logo on that product there in the ending scene. I loved that. And it's Art Deco and beautiful. I just love that. 
You know the modern episode? I can't remember what it was. Was it something of the damned or something? The one that sat around Christmas with the angel bots, and it turns out to be exactly the same story at the end, the one with Carly in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The damned. If that had had the Laserson logo in it somewhere, I would have forgiven it everything. Oh, God, yeah. That would have been perfect. <laughs> it's just like a half-assed rip-off of this story. I mean, not even. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a shame. I gave this uh, 20 with a generous tip. I think this is the weak link of the season. Shut up. No, he went nuts. Seriously. <laughs> he went nuts. I do. Wow. I mean, possibly one of the best stories of science fiction ever written. Deadly Assassin. Just utter brilliance. Talents of Wing Chiang, flat 50 in your sleep, right? Yeah. And the other three, Face of Evil, Hand of Fear, Mask of Mandragora, all brilliant. Just brilliant. So what's the worst one of the season? I guess it's this one. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Because it is so damn fine. No, no, no. Because I, I don't know. Face of Evil had some pointless running around back and forth. Yeah. You know, last time I Face watched it, I was thinking, why are they, why couldn't they just cut uh, this part out? But Face of Evil Face of Evil premise for Big Finish. It crowbars a load of fucking history into 10 seconds where the doctor pisses off into his TARDIS and comes back out again. It's the original <laughs> Big Finish. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's like Dark Age nonsense. Okay, but we're not reviewing that. I agree with everything Fuchsia said about what's wrong with it. There are pacing problems. There are acting problems. But the story and the details are so brilliant that it's worth overlooking. Not completely. Those things make it not a 50 for me. On paper, it's brilliant. Every little detail, like you guys said, I mean, to see this culture in a bottle. Doctor Who was always so good at looking at the future of humanity. And I wonder now, 35 years later, if when the humans do become utterly and completely decadent and reliant on technology, even more so than we are now, somehow I don't think we're going to end up that artistic. That seems to be one of the things that we're killing far quicker than even Doctor Who anticipated. Yeah, I think we'll be absorbers of information, not creators. I don't know about that. Uh, There's so many artists. And yeah, stuff Terry, but online. you're an artist and no artists. Yeah, my wife's an artist and I know artists and they are so fucking undervalued. By the majority. Mm-hmm. So sad. I guess going last today, there's not a whole lot I can say because you've all said it. Mm-hmm. You could pluck any random episode out of the season and say, oh, well, I guess I won't give it a 50 because it has that one fault. So, yeah. <laughs> so is this, do you think? Oh, it's not quite, though, is it? It's not quite the best season, but it's close. I think it is. And you guys know that I'm not the biggest Tom Baker fan. He is not mm-hmm. my favorite doctor. Yeah. But I, I challenge you to find a season with an episode as good as The Deadly Assassin, where its worst episode oh, dude, is of the quality. Dude. All right, dude. What? Can I just throw out the Horror Fang Rock, Invisible Enemy, Image of the Fendal, Sunmakers, Underworld, and Invasion of Time. I love me my Time Lord stories, but I mm. don't think the Invasion of Time is that good. Really? No. Uh, I, mm, only because we've got crazy? Deadly Assassin to compare it to, though. And Deadly Assassin's <laughs> like in the top five episodes ever. For them to come back a year later and portray the Time Lords like that, mm. it falls apart. And Canine is one of my all-time favorites, mm-hmm. but I think The Invisible Enemy, too, has too many flaws. One of the things I really liked about Robots of Death, how often do we compliment special effects in these episodes they knew what they were capable of they didn't try to do more than they could Mm. and it looked brilliant 
You have to know your limitations, and they should have been able to look at the script for Invisible Enemy and say, you know what, we can't do that well enough yet. Maybe we Is should back burner. Is that the one with the giant prawn? Yes. We That's can't awful. can't do that well enough yet. We should maybe back burner this idea for a year or two and see if we can do it. <laughs> Uh, it's one thing to be ambitious. It's another thing to be fucking blind. Uh, yeah. Oh, possibly. But then look at something like Power of Kroll, which even to this day, the effects <laughs> are absolutely shit, but you just let them slide. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so... They're above shit. They're like meta shit. I never cared when I was watching this. I mean, I pretty much looked at it and said, special effects are shit in this show. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm just going to use my but- imagination. Actually, do you know, I think Sen's got a bit of a point now, that around this kind of time, you stopped noticing that special effects were shit, even when you were a kid. You stopped noticing because they kind of weren't. And even City of Death, there's like a big chunk, and then you've got City of Death and the effects aren't shit. But to be honest, there's not really that many. I mean, you know, even the Pertwee era, thankfully they relied on guys in suits with masks. They (laughs) relied on a lot of practical effects because they couldn't do anything else. But once they became that era of analog effects, they're always going to look bollocks because it was just the best you could do done in an imaginative way. Sen's point is excellent. They didn't go beyond what they could do, and so it's Mm -hmm. not a distraction. It looks great. If they were to give classic Doctor Who the treatment that they're giving to Star Trek The Next Generation right now, those of you who don't know, they're rescanning all of Star Trek The Next Generation up to 1080 HD. Uh. And they're redoing most of the special effects. Haven't they redone if, some of the special effects on some of the Doctor Who right. DVDs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're usually shit. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> if I were a producer overseeing a project for this season, I wouldn't redo the special effects. Me too. No, absolutely. They're fine. Yeah. yeah. They serve the plot. They don't detract away from it. Just, you know, a couple of cut scenes to take you from one scene to the next where they show a perfectly respectable exterior shot. Move on. They did everything right here, except a couple of the actors need to be beat. <laughs> and that's it. But I don't think that's enough reason, Fuchsia, with love, to give that ten. <laughs> I still think, even if you've got a problem to that magnitude... It still deserves a 20. And I personally want to give you the opportunity, after we've spoken to you now, <laughs> to give yes. you the opportunity to wipe the slate clean Indeed. and to say 20 if you want to say it. No, I'm going to stand by my guns. Are you, are, are you sure? Particularly because <laughs> Sen and Terry and you have taken great pains to point out that this is one of the weakest of this season. I'm going to defend Fuchsia here. And let me tell you why. Probably the next podcast we do, or at least one of the next two, will be the new series. And we'll watch it, we'll review it, and we'll do them episode by episode. If The Mask of Mandragora were to air in two weeks, and we were to work through this season and review these as they came, by the time we got to the Robots of Death, we would all give this a 10. Because this season is such perfection that its flaws would seem glaring to us. I disagree, because when I was a kid, I remember this story really struck me as excellent. I fell in love with the story as a kid, as a teenager. And that's what I I'm saying, though. I don't remember this story from a kid, so I have no... Of Maybe you didn't see Harry. it. I, don't th- I honestly don't You're think I saw this one. I, I always think how lucky you are that you missed loads of episodes, and you can go back and watch stuff anew. That is so awesome. <laughs> Maybe you just missed it. Seriously, sweetie. 
Because well, yeah, I, and I've been this, thoroughly enjoying watching a lot of them. I mean, some of them are painful. <laughs> I still haven't got past episode one of Sunmakers yet. I'm afraid that that one hurt. Oh, God. Um, no, no, no. It's okay. I haven't seen that Even one in so Even though Villa from Blake Seven's in it, and I love Villa from Blake Seven, I still can't make myself watch episode two. No, I've got to watch that now. I've got to watch that. I haven't seen it in ages, and I remember liking it. I've seen it under ten times. Um, I just what? love the tax collector, dude. He was an excellent. <laughs> yeah. Love that guy. Okay, guys, so are we spent here? Should we get on to quotes? I like, try that again and I will cripple you. <laughs> Yay, Leela! Hey, I love Leela. it when I she like says that. that. There's so many good quotes in this. Yeah. Uh, and that's indicative of the era. But that is so Leela. It kind of shocks you. It's like, ooh, hang on. She's going to cripple him. Yeah. <laughs> She's not just going to hurt him. She's yeah. going to cripple him for life. And how many companions... Have you ever heard threaten people who are abusing them? Uh, her and I. You know, she's getting restrained, and the guy is like trying to fuck with her, and she's like, uh, 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 no. I will slice your ball bag and make you eat your own testicles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking around here. I am a warrior of the seven team. I will crit. You will never walk yeah. again if you do that. Fucking yeah. go, Leela. Uh, you are a classic example of the inverse ratio between the size of the mouth and the size of the brain. <laughs> I love that friggin' quote. Do you have on students? No, You're not but allowed on their to parents, say things like that their, to students. Their, oh, sure you are. Um, <laughs> but actually, no, I wouldn't say that to a kid because kids haven't learned how to be egotistical yet. It's their parents and coworkers that usually get that line. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kids. Because you have to teach a kid how to be an arrogant bastard. <laughs> Adults have already learned. Terry? I never carry weapons. If people see that you mean them no harm, they never hurt you nine times out of ten. Class. The one that I love, and it's, it's one of those ones that you almost miss because it's sort of way down in the mix, is, please do not throw hands at me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is. You're right. Okay. That was so funny. That was like a little robot joke. I mean, well, was that the robot making a joke? No, he was politely asking her not to throw hands at him. But it's just so funny the way he does it. <laughs> oh, I would like to point out, and I forgot this earlier, the case of the mysteriously disappearing scarf. They filmed the episode in blocks, right? Mm. So later on, when his scarf and his hat's gone, is when they go back and film the beginning of the episode when they first get captured. So his scarf and hat mysteriously disappear and then reappear again in the next scene. I never noticed. I I didn't notice either. You'd make a wonderful continuity girl. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Tom Baker's scarf. That's why I noticed. He walked in the room and I'm I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, whoa, that's Tom Baker's doctor with no scarf. What the hell? It's just wrong. So, of course, we, we can't not mention the really important quote about the difference in size between the TARDISes, and these lines are absolute classics. So, explain to me how this TARDIS is larger on the inside than the out. Hmm? Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. Small, far away. Silly. I forget it. And that's a key Time Lord discovery. (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you to everybody who's been contributing to the Facebook page. Just quickly, I'd like to thank S.F. Shook, Tina Kinnear, Violet Anne, Sue Harkness-Bell, Branwyn Kimball, Istvan Hajdu, 
Oh, why have you all got such complicated names? Scott Boswell, that's an easy one to say. Thank you. Teresa Clapperich. Sarah Joy. Uh, Yvonne. Why have we got so many female followers? What the fuck? Joe Hadrin. It's me. You really think so? I don't think so. <laughs> Alexis Aman. Rene J. Knowles. Isha Lush. And that's just one string. Join us over at Facebook for Daily Tom Furthery and Pictures of Amusement. Thank you to David Glover. Thank you to Chris Buchanan, who always has something amusing to say. Thank you to George Carrick. Thank you to Carly McKinnon. Thank you to everybody who likes, clicks, shares, and comments. It is greatly appreciated and actually makes us feel like we have friends and a life. That's how bad we are. And thank you to all the people on G Plus as well. We have a G Plus? Fuck off. <laughs> and everybody on Twitter who... Is that still around? <laughs> Please don't presume, by the way, on Twitter that we actually know what's going on because we just have a really good automated feed that Terry sorted out ages ago. The page- Hold on. Some of that is coming from me posting to G+, and then that gets Twittered as well. So it's not that automated, okay? Did you just kind of do some kind of plug for yourself in G+, there? Yeah. G+. <laughs> Fuck. It's G+. G+, plus. G plus, motherfucker. G+. Plus. Get down with G it. Are you plus, not down with a G+, plus, motherfucker? Isn't plugging G+, plus kind of like looking up at that plane that's heading towards the ground with the streak of smoke behind it going, wow, that's no, pretty. actually, it's, it's doing pretty well. <laughs> it is not crashing uh-huh. so far. It's growing. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. off, Facebook whore. Hey, what's our next episode going to be? With rings on their fingers and bells on their toes, the girls come to tombstone in their high silk holes. They'll dance on the tables or give you a tune. Whatever's in your wallet at the last chance. The gunfighters. Oh, oh shit. I think that was really me? bad. Oh, sweet. Okay. I'm game. All right. Oh, it's going to be the best Dirty Whores podcast ever. I'm going to be so drunk I won't be able to punch answer on Skype. <laughs> well, that'll be nice. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we'd really better get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Host Doctor Who podcast once again. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you very much for your support and your ever-so-kind words on all the channels we own. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight! You've been listening to... The Dirty Whores Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyWhores.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Whores. Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. I heard a cry. I heard a cry. I heard a cry. Okay, how the fuck did you just manage to do that? It's identical. You did three, <laughs> one after the other, and they all sounded absolutely identical. <laughs> fuck, Fusion Begonia has been replaced by a motherfucking robot. Are you yes. like a recording? It's like the prof completely replaced you with like digital assets now. Is it? You're just a, cun- a cunning on the fly edit. Fuck. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs>